everybody welcome back so today i want to talk about the tucker carlson putin interview that everybody has been really up in arms about it's been very interesting to see because the media has had no problems going over to ukraine and interviewing Zelensky. you know having him over for tea parties vogue going over doing photo shoots for the war as if that is even you know why why is vogue going over to take these clearly very planned and posed pictures of you know the war in ukraine we've just always had uh, the media trying to force this Ukraine war down our throats. And it's just been really repulsive for me. Um, I don't I don't really have like a special affinity for Putin or for Russia. Uh, the USSR is not something that I'm super into. But, you know, it, whenever somebody is forcing something on me, then I'm always wondering why. I'm always wondering what are they getting out of this? And what am I losing from this? And why are they trying to push this on me so hard and I don't like it. I don't like it when people try to force things on me and then my brain just instantaneously goes to why do they want me to think this? Why do they want me to say this? Why do they want me to believe this? Um, and so I have always said that I, I take neither side on this Ukraine war. Again, I haven't really ever seen actual real war footage come out of all of this. Um, I know that I hear a lot that there is a very scary, brutal, terrifying war happening in Ukraine. I, I hear that all the time. But where's the war footage? Immediately um, during whenever uh, Hamas attacked Israel, we had all of this immediately. We had all of this war footage and we knew that there was a war happening and we knew that they had been attacked and they knew um, we knew that Israel was going to have to fight back. And we just had all of this verifiable photo and video proof of what, of what was going on. And so with Ukraine, we just didn't have that. And I'm still confused about the whole Ukraine war. I feel like the propaganda is such that, um, you know, they they will just paint it out to be whatever they want it to be. And it's very interesting also for me to hear the communists of America, the leftist communists of America who really don't care about freedom. I don't know how the left has gotten their side to think of democracy as communism and communism as democracy. They're trying to gaslight people into thinking that communism is actually very freeing and it's very liberating and it's very fun and it's very cool and you should definitely get on board with this because democracy is just interesting because uh, communism is the antithesis of democracy. They are always installing their leaders. Their leaders never leave um, and that's how you have the whole dynasty issue where it's just like a family in charge forever and they're very oppressive and they kill their own people and they don't allow opponents, which we're seeing right now with Joe Biden. But it is very interesting to me how how the left has been saying, well, we're fighting and we're supporting uh, Ukraine because of their democracy. We have to protect their democracy because uh, and they don't really have a democracy over there. By the way, Zelensky's a terrible leader. I mean, they have a one state church over there. It's not like freedom, happy land in Ukraine. And so it's very interesting. It's it's a very corrupt place. Um, Y'all should look into the Pandora Papers if you haven't yet. But there's a lot of creepy stuff that goes on with Ukraine. Don't forget that that's where Hunter Biden was doing 
doing a bunch of shady money dealings. And also I have been researching how um, a lot of American PR firms technically work with uh, some Ukraine politicians who have, you know, turned out to be really bad people who shot a lot of their own people in Ukraine and then fled to to Russia to hide out because he was so evil. Uh, Y'all really do need to look more into American quote unquote political PR firms. They're they're there's a lot of um, what I'm noticing is there are a lot of PR firms that are masquerading as PR firms, but they're not really PR firms. They're really uh, shady, dark money laundering kind of shady, like uniparty bullshit. Um, and I'm sorry if you're listening with kids. I think by now you guys should know that we have a few curse words slip on the podcast. Let me tell you what. I'm extremely righteously indignant by what I see happening to our country right now. We have uh, gay people having sex in the Senate hearing rooms. We have uh, people flashing each other on the White House lawn during Pride Month. Um, Pride, by the way, is what got Satan cast out of heaven. Um, shot down like lightning, you know, and and so that's not we, pride is like the worst thing. And so I don't know why we are worshiping that. Um, and homosexuality is a sin. So just keep that in mind. I'm never going to stop telling you guys the truths. These are the hard truths that I, I don't really find it hard to tell you guys these truths. I don't know why they're called hard truths. It's like, I mean, it's not that hard to say it. It is the truth. It is what God says. And I think that we need to stop thinking that we get to create our own realities, including this whole Ukraine thing, because it's not a democracy. We're not, we're not getting all of the information, which is why I thought it was amazing that Tucker Carlson went and did the Putin interview himself. He traveled himself to Russia to have this interview. And if you guys will recall, the whole media was just in an uproar. Again, they have interviewed Zelensky numerous times. Vogue has gone and tried to make, you know, Zelensky look super hip and cool. Um, and there's just a lot of shady shiz going on in Ukraine. And there has been for a long time. And I'm really sick and tired of all of these entities, the government, the PR companies, the, um, you know, these organizations that parade as organizations, but they're really just money laundering themselves because they're taking all of the do money, uh, donation money and they're paying their salaries with that. I mean, D.C is a corrupt cesspool of snakes. And I love that Trump reads that snake poem all the time now, because it really is like, I remember when I first got to DC, I was like, okay, um, everyone here graduated from snake university. Like everybody is a snake in the grass and they are liars and they know that they're doing evil stuff through their businesses and they don't talk about it because they're weak and I just can't live my life that way. So I've gotten very familiar with a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, a lot of PR firms, and I've just come to the conclusion that these people are absolutely evil and they are covering up a lot. Uh, dark money is a huge problem that to be quite honest with you guys, a lot of people in DC were, they've been trying to make me see, they've been trying to gaslight me into thinking that that's okay. I was going to be 100% honest with you guys. They really have. They have been like trying to tell me why dark money should be okay with some of the organizations and companies that I have worked with. They've been like, well, we have to do this, Jenny, because we can't win without it. 
I don't think dark money should be allowed. I think it is evil. I think it is shady. I think that it is sinister, frankly, and I don't like it. A lot of people will say, well, I mean, if you have a lot of money, shouldn't you be able to spend it however you want? And if you want to, you know, have influence over public opinion, can't you spend it this way? Why couldn't you? Why does the government get to tell you how you can spend your money? I think it's shady shiznes. I think that the people deserve to know uh, if they're being manipulated. I don't like propaganda on either side. So I, again, this podcast is an independent podcast. These are my genuine thoughts. I'm not going to ever just take a side because I have to take a side like for the team. No, if you're doing wrong stuff, I'm going to have to say that you're doing wrong stuff. And I just want a better America than this. I don't want it to be this whole, you know, fake freedom. We have elections, but not really like, shh, don't talk about it. Dark money's okay. And then we're just, you know, helping these foreign leaders and like Ukraine and then they turn around and kill all their people and then they flee to Russia and act like we can't interview foreign leaders stuff like I don't like all of this shady shady stuff that is Washington DC and um, I am very grateful that I have gotten to see up close you know the belly of the beast and how horrendous it is I actually am very blessed because I wouldn't have known I wouldn't have known if I had not gotten this close um, I am looking at getting very far away because these people are very, uh, I wouldn't say scary. I'm not scared of anybody in Washington, DC, but they are evil. And I think when people are evil, it's healthy to have, you know, just a healthy dose of like, Hey, I'm just not going to deal with you. Um, I think it's important to know the truth, tell the truth, but also to be safe about things. Washington, DC notoriously, uh, will just have people off <laughs> just where did they go oh i don't know um they committed suicide that is what they say so i i'm never gonna stop telling you guys the truth about what i have observed in washington dc i think that it is important to note that you know the whole ukraine thing is just another skit it's just another play it's another truman show thing where it's like j6 it's just like we are being told something that is not the truth tucker carlson with the massive spine that he has he actually has a lot of people do not have but he actually does have it went to russia to talk to putin why why where did diplomacy go i mean we used to really uh have that and we were capable of that and going to other nations and talking to people professionally and strategically was like applauded but now if you're trying to do that and get the truth out then you are a traitor to your country um, we've just never gotten Putin's side of all of this. And I've always thought that that was weird as well. Again, I don't like it when people are telling me what I have to think about something. It immediately makes me want to side with the other thing. And again, I never took a side on this supposed war in Ukraine. Um, I, I just, I don't have to, I think that it's weird to try to force people into taking sides when we don't have to. Um, and, but it is interesting to have more insight into what Putin's reasoning is, uh, for this war. Um, so on this episode, I'm going to talk about Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin. I'm going to play some clips that I thought were interesting from the interview. And I'm also going to give you guys my thoughts. <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, before we get into everything, I do need to remind you guys about Police Coffee, which is an officer-owned business dedicated to crafting the finest coffees and blends and shipped as soon as they are made to provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant, and that is important these days. We must stay vigilant. And their specialty coffees do not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Their coffee is some of the best you can find, and it also helps serve an important cause, giving back to the community. A portion of their profits goes towards helping family. Uh, family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty, which I think is, you know, we need to, we really need to give back to our police officers, especially like the crime rates are going up so much these days in our country. I mean, can you imagine being a police officer right now in America, really anywhere, but especially in bigger cities, like, but anywhere, because like the crime is going up everywhere because of the illegal immigration, because of all of Joe Biden's administration's terrible policies and uh, all of this communistic garbage that we're all experiencing the crime rates are just going really 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 high and so we need to be supporting our police officers i will have a link below for you guys to check this out um, if you go soon you can get 10 percent off of your first order okay so without further ado let's get into this tucker putin interview so if y'all haven't been keeping uh tabs on tucker carlson he is someone to keep tabs on um i really do respect what he's doing as you guys remember i'm sure he was ousted from fox news um, and since then, he has created his own news network. He is doing the Tucker Carlson news stuff. And so he is going around doing very important interviews with important people. And mostly he has people come do interviews with him. But for this interview specifically, he went to Russia. And I, I just remember seeing all the videos coming out of this where people were like highly mocking him for going uh, to Russia to get this interview. Um, and nobody was actually like afraid for his safety or anything. They were mocking him because they were thinking, um, or they were saying, rather, the media with their propaganda was saying, well, it's a tyrant. He's going to see a tyrant. He's going to interview a tyrant. And it's horrible. And we hate him. And again, I think that... Uh, I think that Tucker was ousted from Fox News because he's just too real for Fox News. Um, Fox News, as you guys know, is something that is loathsome. They are technically labeled an entertainment uh, news station. I don't know if you guys know that, but they're not technically really news. It's a channel that is entertainment. They're labeled as entertainment, um, and they're not really like a news source that you should be taking seriously. They never have been, but you should also look into the Murdoch family and how they've given lots and lots of money to Democrat candidates and it's just not a station you want to support. So anyway, they got rid of Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson was too real for them. He really does care about the truth. He wants to get to the bottom of things. And any real and good and genuine journalist would want to do that. So it was very shocking, especially for me, to see all these journalists um, critiquing him for, for going to Russia to get this interview. It seems like, you know, there was a Babylon Bee article with the headline that I thought was really funny because it was like, journalists shocked by journalists going to do journalism. And I thought that was like really funny. Um, but that's what he did. So he went to Russia to get this um, sit-down interview with Putin. Nobody's really talked to Putin about the Ukraine stuff. Nobody's asked him, hey, why are you deciding to do this? Why Why? Why is there? Is it, what is the reason? And so Tucker decided to do that. So the first part of the interview... 
Um, I just want to say this before I play any pieces of it, but I will play a part of this so that you guys can maybe hear. Um, but Tucker Carlson, and you guys should all go to Twitter. I mean, Tucker posted this interview on Twitter. You can go watch it there. It's a very long interview, but I think that uh, this ties into exactly what I wanted to talk about is Tucker's attention span seemed kind of short at the beginning, um, which made me remember that like Americans have a very short attention span. I think partly that is by design. I think that we have been kind of trained to not be able to absorb uh, long form information. And I think that that is honestly a part of the plan to dumb us down and get us more compliant. Um, it's, but Tucker kind of kept inter interrupting Putin at the beginning of the interview. So I didn't really like that because it kind of exposed like our attention deficit disorder as Americans. Um, but uh, he, Putin would push back. And so Tucker got into the groove of just letting him, you know, give his long answers. But I really, really appreciated the long form answers that Putin was giving. It showed that he put thought into it. Even Putin agreeing to do this interview was huge. But the fact that he was giving such a long, like 45, 15 minutes, and uh, answers to these questions shows that he really cared about what he, what he was saying, how he was saying it. He knows so much about Russia's history. And I, I wish that our American leaders knew as much about America's history. I mean, um, it was impressive to me and it's not, you know, yay Putin. It's just that's impressive as a leader to know that much about your country. And really, every leader should know a lot about their country. It should not be um, a shocking thing when you see that a leader of a country knows like an extensive amount about his country's history. I mean, that should be the norm. Um, but I was impressed with Putin's long answers. I think that uh, it made me realize I really want to see more long form um, interviewing styles, like uh, just news, like absorbing things. We need to be able to absorb long form information better. And I think that this interview really, at least that was one of the biggest things that I got from this was like, we need to be able to, to handle that and not to get bored and like, what's the next thing and like move and like scroll. Um, to the next thing, Americans have to get comfortable with these long form answers. And it was all very pertinent. Um, it was crucial information for us to know. He was going over the history of Ukraine and of Russia and how Ukraine used to be a part of the Russian empire and how technically it's his and, and you know, Russia's, I should say. And I, I was also shocked for his reasoning because we've never, ever heard this from the media of, you know, why is Putin deciding to do this? And if you guys will recall that the Democrats have all been saying, well, if, if Putin takes Ukraine, he's going to go for all of Europe and then he's going to turn it into this mega Russia. And then he's going to be the new like neo Hitler and, and hate Jews. And there's going to be another hall. It was just weird. It's been weird how they've been trying to paint Putin as this, new Hitler trying to take over all of Europe and starting in Ukraine when actually Putin's answer when asked why he is invading Ukraine was that he wants to stop neo-Nazism. And so he wants to stop Hitler's ideology. He's not looking to be the next Hitler. He is trying to stop what he's noticing 
in Ukraine is a neo-Nazi problem. And I actually have been noticing that there's a neo-Nazi problem in Ukraine. I don't know if you guys have, but it's we've seen that there are like Nazi-esque figures that have gone to Ukraine from America. Um, it seems like there is like this Nazi-ish problem over there. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, thank you. I, I was wondering about like the Nazis I've seen go over there. And um, so I thought it was like a legit thing for him to say. And I mean, if you were a person in Europe during the 1930s and you experienced like Hitler's terrible ideology and you saw all of this going on and you were a nation who thought that you could, you know, put a stop to it, you know, that ideology coming back into fashion, then why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, from what I got from the interview, Putin does not want to see a a World War II 2.0 of like, we have a Nazi problem. I think I'm not so sure that that's the only reason. I think also that Putin wants to have, you know, his land back. Um, but it was an interesting response that we haven't really gotten to hear because nobody has interviewed Putin. Nobody has bothered to get the other side of the story. And I've noticed this with um, the Israel-Palestine conflict as well. Um, so as you guys know, I 100% stand with Israel. I always will. Um, I I just will. I, I stand with. I just stand with them. I can't stand with Islamic terrorists. I never will. Again, shout out to the lovely Muslims in Mecca that keep listening to my podcast. Hello, how are you guys doing? Um, I really hope that, and I really do hope. I'm not even trying to just be mean. I really do hope y'all are learning some stuff. Um, I want what is best for everybody. I know that God is for freedom, and. So I cannot support, uh, I, that, I can't support Islamic theology. I can't support uh, Nazism. And so that I'm just always going to side with freedom given the choice. And so uh, I, Jesus was a Jew. I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand with the Jews. Sue me. Um, so I, I don't, I don't stand with Palestine. I don't stand with Hamas. I don't stand with Islamic terrorists. Again, hello, Mecca guys. But, um, you know, it has been frustrating to me to not see journalists go to Palestine and get um, interviews from Palestinians. I would like to see what they have to say, even if I don't agree with them. I would like for them to have their voices heard. And I just haven't seen not even one, really. I, I haven't even seen one that I can remember a Palestinian being interviewed by a journalist. I mean, I've seen a lot of Israeli people being interviewed by journalists. Again, obviously, I'm going to side with Israel. But you know, I still wish that there were interviews of the Palestinian people because, you know, they're going through it. I would like to know what their experience is. I want to know, you know, what's going on from their perspective and, and what they make of Hamas and what they think of Israel. I want to get all opinions. I feel like there's no true understanding or growth or ability to improve any situa situation without knowing all sides. And in so many cases, it seems like we only ever get one side of any given story. Um, and so even if I'm for the side that is, you know, being heard more like with Israel, I still want to hear the other side. I still want to know what they think. I still want to know what they feel. I still want to um, kind of understand their experience. So I wish that more people were going to interview Palestinians in the same way that I respect uh, Tucker going to interview Putin. I just think it's important to get the other side of every story. 
So it was very eye-opening for me to hear Putin uh, put it that way, that he needed to invade because of neo-Nazism. And uh, so this is something that I think that we all need to look into more because it's just very presumptuous to think that it's only Russia could ever be the new Hitler nation. Like that that went through a lot of European areas. Like it could happen anywhere over there again. It is a sick ideology that we just, you know, need to, we just need to understand that it could happen anywhere over there. It's not just Russia that is capable of that. And it sounds like Putin is trying to put an end to that. I also think he wants his land back, but I think that it's interesting to have that new perspective. So I'm going to play, I want to play that part of the interview so that you guys can hear Putin in his own words. I mean, he has a translator saying his part because he speaks Russian, but I want you guys to hear in his own words through the translator what he had to say about that. Get rid of those people who maintain this concept and support this practice and try to preserve it. That is what denazification is. That is what we mean. Right. My question was a little more specific. It was, of course, not a defense of Nazis, neo or otherwise. It was a practical question. You don't control the entire country. You don't control Kiev. You don't seem like you want to. So how, how do you eliminate a culture or an ideology or feelings or a view of history in a country that you don't control? What do you do about that? You know, as strange as it may seem to you, during the negotiations at Istanbul, we did agree that we have it all in writing. Neo-Nazism would not be cultivated in Ukraine, including that it would be prohibited at the legislative level. Mr. Carson, we agreed on that. This, it turns out, can be done during the negotiation process. And there's nothing humiliating for Ukraine as a modern civilized state. Is any state allowed to promote Nazism? It is not, is it? That is it. Um, Will there be talks and why haven't there been talks about resolving the conflict in Ukraine? Peace talks. They have been. They reached a very high stage of coordination of positions in a complex process, but still they were almost finalized. But after we withdrew our troops from Kiev, as I have already said, the other side threw away all these agreements and obeyed the instructions of Western countries, European countries, and the United States to fight Russia to the bitter end. Moreover, the president of Ukraine has legislated a ban on negotiating with Russia. He signed a decree forbidding everyone to negotiate with Russia. But how are we going to negotiate if he forbade himself and everyone to do this? We know that he is putting forward some ideas about this settlement, but in order to agree on something, we need to have a dialogue. Is that not right? Well, but you wouldn't be speaking to the Ukrainian president, you'd be speaking to the American president. When was the last time you spoke to Joe Biden? I cannot remember when I talked to him. I do not remember. We can look it up. You don't remember? No. Why? Do I have to remember everything? I have my own things to do. We have domestic political affairs. Well, he's funding the war that you're fighting, so I would think that would be memorable. 
Well, yes, he funds, but I talked to him before the special military operation, of course. And I said to him then, by the way, I will not go into details, I never do, but I said to him then, I believe that you are making a huge mistake of historic proportions by supporting everything that is happening there in Ukraine by pushing Russia away. I told him, told him repeatedly, by the way. I think that would be correct if I stop here. What did he say? Ask him, please. It is easier for you. You are a citizen of the United States. Go and ask him. It is not appropriate for me to comment on our conversation. But, but, but you haven't spoken to him since before February of 2022. No, we haven't spoken. Certain contacts are being maintained, though. Speaking of which, do you remember what I told you about my proposal to work together on a missile defense system? Yes. You can ask all of them. All of them are safe and sound, thank God. The former president, Condoleezza, is safe and sound. And I think Mr. Gates and the current director of the intelligence agency, Mr. Burns, the then ambassador to Russia, in my opinion, are very yes. successful ambassador. They were all witnesses to these conversations. Ask them. Same here. If you are interested in what Mr. President Biden responded to me, ask him. At any rate, I talked to him about it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested, but from the outside, it seems like this could devolve or evolve into something that brings the entire world into conflict and could um, initiate some, a nuclear launch. And so why don't you just call Biden and say, let's work this out? What's there to work out? It's very simple. I repeat, we have contacts through various agencies. I will tell you what we are saying on this matter and what we are conveying to the U.S. leadership. If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying weapons. It will be over within a few weeks. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms. Before you do that, stop. What's easier? Why would I call him? What should I talk to him about? Or beg him for what? And, and what messages do you You're going to deliver such and such weapons to Ukraine? Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Please don't. What is there to talk about? Do you think NATO is worried about this becoming a global war or a nuclear conflict? At least that's what they're talking about. And they're trying to intimidate their own population with an imaginary Russian threat. This is an obvious fact. And thinking people, not Philistines, but thinking people, analysts, those who are engaged in real politics, just smart people, understand perfectly well that this is a fake. They're trying to fuel the Russian threat. The threat I think you're referring to is a Russian invasion of Poland, Latvia, expansionist behavior. Is, can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland? 
Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia or anywhere else. Why would we do that? We simply don't have any interest. It's just threat-mongering. Okay, I understand that was a longer little clip than y'all are used to, but that goes back to my point. We need to be able to absorb this longer-form information because it is all relevant. I think in America, we really are... We're just too used to getting the gist of things, but then we don't really understand because we don't have the attention span that we really need to, uh, you know, really study and learn and listen to all of the stuff that we actually do need to know. It really is um, pertinent information for us to have. I mean, if you listened to that, how different did that sound uh, coming exactly from Putin's mouth? Um from what it what the media has been telling us about Putin, everybody's been saying that Putin's expansionism, he's going to go take over all of Europe if he gets Ukraine. He's saying he's not going to do that. He's saying, why would I do that? He's saying these were not ours before. We wouldn't really want them now. And we wouldn't come after other nations unless they were coming after us first. Sounds logical to me. And again, I don't want anybody to think I'm super pro Putin. I am very much against being told what to think. And I am very much against um, us acting like we can just know everything and a few little quippy uh, sayings and and just like say something and then that's we understand the whole thing. We need to uh, have dialogue. I think that that was an important point that Putin made is that it just doesn't seem that a lot of people are willing to have a dialogue with him. Not Zelensky, not really Biden, it doesn't seem. And it seems like it from this two over two hour long interview, he's interested in having a dialogue. Nobody will talk to the guy except for Tucker Carlson, I guess. Um, so I, I do think that everybody needs to go watch this interview. My comments are really that we're just, just like a lot of other things, told something that isn't the full something. And we have to do a little digging ourselves to find the truth, which is exactly what Tucker has done. I would love it if Tucker, you know, I want him to be safe, but, you know, we go and interview some of the Palestinians because I do want to know what's going on with the other side of that as well. Um there's always multiple sides of a story and you can't just trust the media with your knowledge of what's going on. There's always a concerted effort for the media to take care of the media and for them to make as much money as they possibly can off of the, um, I guess, like gullibility of the American citizens, which, you know, Americans are very gullible. They want to be spoon fed every opinion, you know, every thought, and they want to be able, they really want to be able to trust the government and these media companies and these other companies and organizations with just they want to outsource their thinking and their thoughts on things it's easier just slap a ukraine flag in your bio and yeah that's what they told me to do you know pop up a black square on social media is what they said to do like think about these things you guys think about these things use your mind your god-given mind and really i mean we people have to be able to critically think better. We it, critical thinking is going extinct. Um, people have got to exercise their minds more and think about all of this stuff. You need to have the information to think about it. But the first, a good first step would be to demand more information. And um, I think that Tucker did realize pretty quickly after he was interrupting Putin a lot. He was like, "Oh, okay, we don't we don't do this whole in depth history lesson stuff in America, but maybe we should." I could tell in Tucker's expressions that he was just kind of like, "This is good. Like having more information is good." So I hope that this interview. I'm going to link it below for you guys to watch it. Let me know what you think. Um, but I think this interview is a good first step toward. Uh, journalists um, being able to go be journalists 
And I do hope there's a bigger wave of um, journalists like Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly, honestly, is more impressive to me recently. Like other big name journalists from these, you know, media companies that leave, they separate and then they go do their own thing and they do better journalism and they're doing actual journalism and there's no agenda other than getting to the truth. Um, I think everybody should support Tucker. I think that uh, we all need to encourage people to do the pray for the people that are willing to do this because it is not safe. Um, and really, that's not because of Putin. I think more that Tucker is in danger from the media and the people here who are just screaming, kicking and crying that he's going and trying to find more of the truth and piece it together for us. So I appreciate Tucker. I appreciate every journalist that's willing to do stuff like this. We have to get a bigger attention span and we have to not be afraid to change our opinions given more information and definitely not outsource our thinking to the government and corporations because they are trying to use you all for money and control and it's a theme that I say a lot on this podcast but it is the truth and so just step outside of that and into you know who you really are and think your own thoughts and look at this stuff objectively and don't get mad that journalists are going and trying to get more information that is silly that is very very silly just frivolous idea to think oh wow he shouldn't have done that of course he should have done that we need more information not less uh and so yeah that's why i'm against censorship of any kind we just we need to have these dialogues um in order to not have world war three we can't just you know be silos and not talking to each other it's very very crucial for people to listen to and understand each other so that we aren't making grave mistakes so um i agree with putin that biden you know made a huge mistake by sending all of our tax dollars to ukraine by sending them all of these weapons um i do agree with putin on that so sue me i i agree with putin on that Anyway, you're you're allowed to take any side you want. You're allowed to take no side. I take no side, but I do agree with some of the stuff that Poon was saying, and I'm allowed to, and you're allowed to, and I will end it there. 